This is The Shift Podcast. The Shift Daily Podcast has UK band Blondes, their song Coming of Age. They joined us via Zoom for conversation about how they went from like just a local band to having millions of fans around the world thanks to TikTok. Randy Kwanza joined us too, and we have it for you on the Shift Daily Podcast. He's host of Cujo's Kid Zone. We chat about talking to kids about race, talking to kids about history, and how it matters how we tell stories around all cultures, colors, and history. Are you okay on the show? Gorilla Glue, that's been solved. How about getting tackled by an angry mom, you creepy peeper? Plus, an argument about coconuts, because coconuts are awesome and Matt says they suck on the Shift Daily Podcast. There was a story that, well, Ryan uh, wanted to uh, bring these guys on. He's like, hey, there's some total strangers that I want to invite on the show. And that was it. And they're in a band. And I was like, okay, who's the band? And Ryan's like, they're called Blondes. And that's it. And I just found them. So can we put them on the show? And I was like, sure, it's great. So there is a bit of a story here. And I wanted to welcome uh, William and Tom to the program now. William, you're the singer of, of Blondes. Is it Blondes, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was told very clearly you are not the blondes. No, just blondes. No, 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 yeah, just blondes. Yeah, we've left it. Um, and uh, Tom is the bass player now. Tom, are you and William in the same city? Where are you? We're actually in the same house, <laughs> but we thought it'd be easier. Oh, nice. We thought it'd be easier to do oh, separate calls. Bandmates, and you live together. Yes, yeah, so um, mm-hmm. four of us yeah. live together. Um, so as myself, wow. Will, the lead guitarist and the rhythm guitarist, and sadly Mark doesn't live with us. But yeah, um, so. Well, I'm just below Will actually, but it's a bit easier if we because the rooms are so small in oh. the student house. Yeah. We thought it'd be easy just. Yeah, but it doesn't fit in my room. You know, you can fit one person, so it's best so, to put in our separate rooms. Mark might be the smart one then, right? Who doesn't live with all you guys? He's the one who gets a break, or how does that work? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, think, I think he's got yeah. the, best, the best deal. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, well, uh, maybe Ryan, why don't you explain how you found uh, these fellas and then um, talk about the music. Well, yeah. Well, much like it seems many of your listeners now, I found you guys via TikTok, specifically from Lizzo, the queen. Uh, it was just a weird surprise. Like, you know, it's the the context of the TikTok is, uh, you know, making fun of a coming of age movie where you use the song coming of age. And that's how I found your music. And then uh, just looking at, you know, how your Spotify streams, for example, and seeing millions of streams of this one song, even though you guys only have three songs published, that was crazy. I was like, there has to be a story there. You know, these guys are either in a movie or something, looked on TikTok, and here we are. So maybe can you guys explain how the heck that all started with the TikTok? You know, were you there when you watched it blow up or did you just wake up, check your phones one day and be like, oh, well, this is a surprise. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we're happy to um, share that. Um, so the, I guess the the story or the 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 journey for that particular song that got um, huge on TikTok properly started like um, in sort of October time, where we started to notice these uh, um, these these big names on TikTok start to use our song. The song got released um, in April. So quite some uh, 2020, so quite some time ago, and was the odd video was used here and there on TikTok. It had been on TikTok for uh, since it got released in April, and then in the summertime we started to notice that 
there's some quite big um, uh, uh, some quite big uh, people on TikTok were using that video. Uh, we're using our song on videos of theirs, and um, there was a is a Canadian. He's Canadian, right, Mr. Hall. I think he's American. I think he's. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's. He's um, North American. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a, a geography teacher. He's got quite a big following um, on TikTok, and is he gets millions of views, and likes on every video he makes, and he decided to uh, make a video parodying a coming of age movie and he thought our song um probably because of the title would be a good uh would be a good fit for that so he used our, our song for that video that video got millions of that was the first viral huge video um and then since then it just just a snowball effect and 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 more and more high profile people started using um using our song and it's like 180 thousand videos with the song now at this point i think the weirdest thing about it though is at the time we were all stuck inside we all had covid so we were sat there like being sorry for ourselves coughing and spluttering not being able to even go for a walk and then we woke up i think it was alex looked on his tiktok because none of us had tiktok apart from alex and he looked on his phone like our song's been used like a thousand times overnight i was like a little bit weird like what's going on and then gradually that like, doubled every day. And then we started getting getting um like, emails from, from record labels and ARs. And then TikTok got in touch themselves going, Hey guys, your song's blown up. I'm like, whoa. And we're like, we can't even leave the house to have a pint and celebrate. We can't even we can't even go outside for a walk. Um so yeah, it was it was a really surreal. It happened as well, so basically overnight. And um yeah, we can't really explain it. But we'll always be grateful for that that one teacher who who we've actually become kind of mm-hmm. friends with. Um for like making the video yeah, yeah. so it's, it was crazy and uh happened in the weirdest circumstances but yeah it was cool mm. and with the with the lit we're, we're finding out about lizzo um i think only a few days before um there's a famous um uh, famous football player from bayern munich alfonso davis um and he he used to, he used our song for one of his videos and uh so he at, at that point he was probably the most famous person who'd used the song, and then a couple of days later, it was Lizzo who knocked him off the knocked him off the pedestal, knocked him off his perch, and uh, that was just a mental. That was a crazy week when they both, like within the same week, they both used the song. Um, so it was nuts. Crazy. Well, I mean, many Canadians will be familiar with Alfonso because he's born yeah. in Canada. I don't know if you guys know yeah. that. Well, technically, he's born in Ghana, but lived in, grew up in Canada, uh, which is, uh, that's cool. It's a little bit of a connection there. Yeah. So how does that feel then? You go from, you know, watching, you, I imagine you guys are pretty proud of that song. It's a great song. Release the track, and then all of a sudden, this crazy surge of publicity, probably from an unexpected source. You know, where does that lead you? Ooh. So it, it was at the, at, the, at the time, it was quite overwhelming because there's so much going on. And we're like five lads from Nottingham who we've only, we never played a show outside of Nottingham. So we've never played in front of more than 100, 150 people. So at the time, we were like, what's going on? We had all these emails coming in from record labels wanting to talk to us. And we're like, we don't even have a team, we don't have a manager. Like, myself and Mark mm-hmm. were kind of co We had with no team, mm-hmm. no structure. So at the time it was really overwhelming, um, but also so exciting. Like it's what we dreamed of doing as like young, like young kids to play music, mm-hmm. and the fact that people actually like yeah. our songs worldwide 
was a bit mental. And when, then we started gradually getting a team together of people who like, knew what was going on. Because we don't have a clue. We still don't know what's going on, really. People talk about these deals yeah. and stuff. It's like, yeah, cool. It's it's whatever that means. Um, so we're lucky that we quite early on, we established a team of people we trusted um, who could do all the, not the uh, the boring stuff, but the, the technical legal stuff we don't understand. And we can kind of mm-hmm. focus on the music. And it kind of gave us a more of an impetus to write more music and uh, create more songs because living in the pandemic was quite depressing in itself. And it, it kind of like, you can't gig, you can't go out and, and really record much. Um, so it kind of gave us, gave us a, a real drive to like, actually people like our music, let's just make more. And since then we've been really productive and yeah, it was just crazy. It's been really inspiring. Yeah, that's really, that's well, very funny true. It goes from, you know, all living in a, all jokes aside about living in the same house, but it turns out to be quite convenient because there you are uh, with your music getting shared all over the world. And now you're able to walk down the hallway and knock, knock, knock. Hey, Tom, I have an idea. Like yeah. that, it's that simple, right? Yeah. That's kind of, it, it does work out in effect. It kind of gives you this sort of incubation period of, of, well, where are we? Uh, it sounds like there's some real self-reflection about, okay, well, whoa, you know, there's a thing here. Um, and so you get to be present to that. Plus you have access to each other, which many other musicians that I know have not been able to even get in front of their, uh, not as a band, but as a, as a singer songwriter and get in front of their trusted bass player, their trusted drummer, who maybe they only see in the studio or on tour, not so much just in day-to-day business of, of the business. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been really important. Um, having having the majority of us in this house just to be able to if, if any idea uh anything creative pops into anyone's head they can straight away just sort of as you say just knock on the door and say oh now i've got this idea before i forget it i mean, I, I i just recorded an acoustic i did a, a demo of a little acoustic thing we wrote and i just demoed it an hour ago my guitar player in uh his bedroom which is the largest room and that's like the studio just because it's the biggest and it's got the most uh, basic equipment. But I was, I was literally just doing that an hour ago. Um, so we can do it as often as, as we like. There's no like restrict, there's no like difficulty, logistical difficulty because we're all here and we can all just be creative and, and, and write as much as we can, which has been really, really good. So where do you go next in all of this? I mean, you've got TikTok, you have uh, tours of a hundred people, uh, made up uh, largely by friends and family yeah. <laughs> shows. I would imagine like, no, like speak to it, frankly. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, at one time you must be uh, in one, on one side, like you must be like just excited. Like I can't wait to get out. I can't wait to rock out. And at the same time, somewhat terrified because there is this whole perception of you guys being, you know, this, this big organization. And yet, you're still kind of grassroots in that you're just a bunch of dudes that like playing music together, which again, I, I can't help but be drawn to the fact that what a gift that is, because I would, you know, so many of the singers that I've known, like as soon as the business kicks in, sometimes the love goes away and you guys are still sort of stuck. It's like juxtaposition of that, of both of those things. Yeah. So, you know, what's the first thing when you guys are allowed out of the house, I guess, um, that you're going to do as the, has the, the management people already, you know, written that part for you. Is there a plan now or are you just waiting? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think that's what the main thing is. We we went into this pandemic as people who did the band as a hobby. and like, yeah, this is really fun. We play a few shows in the local area to our friends and family, as you said. 
and now coming out of the pandemic the situation and circumstances can be so different we're gonna have to like it we're kind of in the someone said to us the other day we're in the public eye now and that's kind of true to an extent like obviously we're not 1975 or oasis or anything like that but um people have heard of us or some, some people have heard of us so the first thing we want to do when we get out is go for a pint we've missed beers and pubs and bars that's the very first one we're going to do um but yeah um management we, we had some meetings yesterday actually about um when um stuff opens in the uk going on a tour like a support tour playing a few like small shows probably in nottingham or local like uk cities but yeah we just want to play as many gigs as possible like we've got so much material written over um the past few months and stuff they just want people to show it out and stuff we've got an ep and some singles and hopefully music video coming out really soon um which should be really fun obviously digital content is anything you can really do at the moment but yeah um touring gigging anything related to like in-person communication and other humanly contact would be great um humanly contact. Just, just, just anything like i just want to hug another person and not be fined ten thousand pound um so yeah um gigs definitely the first thing we want to do um whether that's in nottingham yeah. or london or abroad um yeah go on a little tour or something it'll be really fun have you considered the fact that you um you might need to name every song after a movie title from here on out. You I mean you might have cracked the social media nut there, and um, you know if you were to title every song after TV shows or episodes or books or movies, I mean you're going to get searched out when people are on those topics. I mean maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the underlying secret tone of Blondes is that you. Uh, you write your songs that are your songs, but then you just name them something unrelated so people seek yeah. them out. I mean, it's kind of genius marketing, frankly. That's a great... Yeah, you've, you've just given us a lot of song titles there already, just like that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I mean, you never yeah. know. I mean, shh, it'll be our secret. We won't tell anybody. No, we won't tell and, anyone. Well, I, let me tell you, uh, fellas, um, if you had to pick one a favorite movie to write a song about, um, I guess I would be my my curious one now, since you sort of fumbled into the connection between all of those things. If you had to pick your favorite movie and write a song about it, which one would it be? My favorite uh, film was yeah. Apollo thirteen, which is a bit of a yeah, bit of a dark one, but it's got a positive ending. So I'd, I'd do a little soundtrack to that. I don't know how what how it would go and where it would be in the film, but yeah, Apollo. Yeah. I like space. I'm a bit of an addicted to like NASA and stuff. half my clothes have got NASA branding on it, which is a bit strange. Um, but yeah, the Apollo yeah. 13 for me. I don't know about Will. Love it. Well, you can just see falling, uh, falling for, uh, falling for you, falling in love. We, we will help you write the songs. We, Ryan and I, we like to write things. We'll collab. Oh yeah, we do a collab. yeah just add some spacey guitars, some like yeah. Mac DeMarco yeah. vibes, and you're already in outer David space. David Bowie maybe in there? Yeah, Bowie. Right. Yes, yes. A little Bowie sample, and then there's got to be something about you know something about reentry and burning up, and something about. Uh, you know, finally back home to you where I belong. There you go. Song written. I think this is a, this is a really right. exciting collaboration we've got going on there already. Mm. <laughs> what about you, William? What would you um, What would you do if you had to pick a movie that was a favorite to write a song for? Ooh, uh, Shawshank Redemption is one of my favorite films, so I think that would be really hard to write something to write a song about. It's very tense, um, but something something to do something for Shawshank would be cool. See, there you go. You got the poster, how beautiful you are. I stare at you every day, longing to be with you again, mm -hmm. right? Willing to do the work. Uh, you know, the dirt under my fingernails of clawing my way to you. You know, you got the whole, there you go. So I mean, you guys pick hard movies to write songs about, got to tell you. But I mean, there, there's opportunity here. Sorted. Are you in a band? You're not telling us about, Shane. <laughs> no, I just, you I like to write. 
That's awesome. You guys will tell you what, um, congratulations on the success. Um, it's a neat story. Once you're friends with the shift, we call it the shift family. Um, I don't know if it translates, uh, to Britain, but we call everybody shift heads here. And, um, and we, um, once you're a, fa- a family member here, you're always welcome. So when you do make your way to Canada, we look forward to seeing you. Um, we would love to just have you back in the program just to chat about music, what's new in music. You guys want to, you know, share the band name. We would love to have it. Amazing. I mean, we'll just set it up. I mean, Ryan's the boss. He he makes things happen around here. So um, I think that would be fantastic. Ryan, what else is on your mind? Anything? Uh, I was just going to say, like, obviously the vibe of the song that has gone viral is kind of captures so many of the uh, trends of indie pop and indie rock so well. So I was just going to ask, like, if you could pick one band that you would say is the main inspiration beti- behind that song, who would you kind of attribute it to? I think we've probably got different answers to this question. Yeah. I think mine, I, I say this because they're my favorite band, but also because I can kind of see a bit of similarity, but New Order, um, to a certain oh, to yeah. a certain extent, it's probably not huge, but I kind of think of Age of, Age of Consent, uh, when I think of Coming of Age a little bit, which is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, probably Will's got probably more of a Britpop answer to that question or a 90. Well, no? I think the, um, uh, well, with that song, our guitar player had written the majority of it years ago before we'd even met each other. And then it was sort of pieced together in a rehearsal, like a couple of weeks before the, it got recorded to the final mix that's, that's released. Um, and I think it, it's kind of the long intro and the kind of long instrumental sections, um, which has probably been, which is probably why it, it has done well on TikTok, a kind of reminiscent of a kind of broken social scene kind of, mm. um, kind of composition in, in terms of maybe not so much when the vocals are there, but like the instrumentation and the way the guitars are sort of layered. Um, and... Um, but I, I think by accident, there's also a slight dance element because the drums you can hear, it's actually a, an eight bar drum loop that's been just chopped and, and copied. Um, it's not one live drum tape. Um, so that in a sense, and it's very sort of on the grid. Uh, so that is kind of a, and that's not what wasn't, um, didn't intend for it to sound kind of dancey, but it, it, it is kind of put together like a dance track as that and we liked the way the drums sounded um, from that kind of chopping up of, of, of the drum kit so uh, that that's a happy accident I guess that it started to sound a bit more dancey yeah but that would that would also lead to the new order thing so yeah. the answers really aren't that different yeah. right so it's very cool well fellas thank you very much for the time you mentioned before we got on here that it was your first international interview I, I hope that we can contribute with your first international uh, radio play, at least in Canada, full-on radio play, and we will get the song coming up. So thank you so much for sharing the time and uh, telling your story. And and I mean it, uh, that we would love to have you back. Thanks for having us. Yeah, oh, we're, that's great. We're, we're massive fans of Canada, and we love it. So we'd love to come over someday and play some gigs or something. This is The Shift Podcast. We wanted to invite on a friend of the show. Uh, his name is Randy Quanta. He um, hosts Cujo's Kid Zone on YouTube. Uh, kids show that is about all things uh, kids, all things creative, all things culture, and so much more. Uh, Randy, how are you? 
I'm great, Shane. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. I'm just going to ask you to turn down your volume just a smidge on my, your cue volume for me because we don't hear that echo. Um, okay. I appreciate you uh, sticking around and staying up late and all these things. Um, you guys have been working hard on the Cujo Kids Zone, making sure that you guys stay on the air on YouTube and looking for all kinds of support and making that stuff happen. How's it been going? It's nice to see you guys are still cooking away. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been going fantastic. Um, we just got nominated and actually won an award um, last week, Saturday, for the uh, Black Chamber of Commerce for the uh, Award of Black Achievement in the field of education. Cool. I like it. Well, congratulations. Well, thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you. For those who don't know your show, because we've had you here on The Shift before, uh, tell me about uh, Cujo's delivery of the show. What's the show about? Um, I guess that I sort of describe it as sort of an open, honest, uh, open-hearted and honest conversation about all things that that kids can learn so where would you take that i would say that um you know kujo's kids zone would be a show that would be geared for children between the ages of four to ten years of age and um it would be surrounding and focusing on areas such as uh, science and stem and then of course um It'd be also focused on social justice issues such as Pride, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, Orange Shirt Day. Um, we actually have an episode that was just released on um, on the 1st of February, and just in regards to Black History Month. And then we have another episode coming out on the 15th of February, which uh, takes a story from a historical Black Canadian um that uh, invented this oil cup uh which was super imperative in terms of the advancement of machinery and trains being able to go exponentially faster um because of his contribution so we're going to be taking care of that story and it's actually sponsored by the city of Chestnut. they they came through and they helped out understanding and realizing the importance of black history month so we're just uh, chipping away, trying to educate the, the masses and um, looking forward to sharing uh, various stories and perspectives and um, helping educate uh, people along the way. In our uh, spotlight on Black History Month here on The Shift, I mean, we, we've asked a lot of questions and I've gone to some of my friends and I've said, you know, who do you want to hear on here? Right. And it doesn't matter where uh, those people are, are from. I mean, there are some white friends and brown friends and black friends. And I say, you know, when it comes to Black History Month as a month, like, what do you want to hear about? And the answers have been pretty clear. The answers have been, um, you know, I want to hear from a school teacher. I want to hear from uh, maybe an athlete. I want to hear from an actor. I want to hear from all of these different, you know, types of people and the different perspectives on Black History Month. As a non-black person, um, it, I have, just open myself up to the naivety that I don't really know what it's about. Now, what I've learned here, I guess my, 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 my stigma around Black History Month has been that it's got to be about, you know, all the negative things uh, that happened through slave trade and all of that stuff. But what I've since learned as we've researched and, and opened up the show to this is that there are so many stories, like you talk about that, that uh, person who created that mechanical piece for the train. Um, those are the stories 
that have really been left out that matter the most, right? People who have invented things or created things or stood for things that we use every day or that have translated into things we use every day, but we have no idea those stories. So where does it land for you? Because I have also learned that it is different for everybody. Yeah, and that's a, that's a really good uh, really good point. Um, I think for me, it's not a matter of, hey, guess what? Look what we did. We invented this and that or, or what have you. It's just important just understanding that Black history is actually everyone's history because every culture has contributed to the fabric and advancement of mankind, right? And it's really unfortunate that because of, uh, a lot of skewed viewpoints that uh, people are not necessarily given the, the credit where, where credit is due. That being said, the problem that I have personally, what Black History Month means for me, is that for a long time, a lot of people focus on like, okay, like um, civil rights leaders like the Malcolm X's, the Martin Luther King, the, the Rosa Parks, and, you know, those those individuals were all very extremely important in terms of the advancement of, of, of rights for black people everywhere. But people forget that black history didn't start with black people coming into North America as slaves. You know, I, I, I myself personally, I, I have a different kind of viewpoint. I'm like, why would you tell the history of people? Well, if, Mankind, first of all, if, if mankind originated from Africa, the oldest bones ever found have been in Africa. And then through that, man has spread across through different continents. Why do we start the story of black people from slavery? Why don't we also talk about the, the rich history and advancement that happened in Egypt or the Mali Empire or the Ganyan Empire? Uh, why, why do we leave those stories out? If we talk about ancient um, um, uh, Greece and we talk about all the phenomenal contributions and things that have happened through philosophy, um, through through Greece and also, of course, the Roman Empire, why is the story of many Africans left out, right? We have to mm -hmm. understand at one point in time that Egypt was like a center point, almost like America, where people came through to learn um about a variety of different themes and, and topics and subjects. So the Black History episode that I came out with on the 1st of February, I, I focused on two historical figures, one being Mansa Mesa, who was um, deemed as one of the richest people that ever lived. And um, one of his exploits he had done was he, when he traveled from Mali to uh, Egypt, he was spending so much money in terms of gold, it actually lowered the price of gold around the world. Right. Wow. And, you know, a lot of times people talk about Christopher Columbus. You know, we have that in 1492, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Well, there is a, a gentleman by the name of Abubakar II who um, had sent over 2000 ships across the Atlantic over to America. And actually, Christopher Columbus's third voyage was uh, very much motivated. Um, so the story goes in terms of the things and the rumors that he heard that there have been Africans that have been trading with the Native Americans. And, you know, they wanted to find out more about that because, you know, they heard about gold and, and everything being traded. So these are the stories and things that are not being told of. And the reason why those stories are very extremely important is that if we're going to talk about a history of people, it'd almost be like, it'd almost be like if I talked to your spouse and asked her to identify who is Shane, 
And I and she tells me a story of when you were really, really upset and mad about something. And I use that particular story to then paint the picture of who your character is. That's right. you at your lowest point. That's not yeah. who you are really as a person. Yeah, so being if we selective, talk about right. Absolutely. So if we're going to talk about the story and history of black people and start from one of the lowest points in history of them being enslaved at a very extremely uh, low vantage point, you know, it also skews the perspective of not only other people in terms of black people, but also black people themselves. And I think it's important to not only understand that and also celebrate the many contributions scientifically um, and also through education as well, but also from a historical standpoint that the history of black people did not start with slavery or did not start yeah. with civil rights. And what bothers me myself personally as a black person is that there's a lot of, and, and don't get me wrong, all these people are very extremely important in terms of motivating people, but it's like there is the potential of people falling into various like stereotypes and being like, oh, look at the great uh, advancements that have happened and contributions in terms of athletics, or oh, look what has happened in terms of these civil rights leaders. Oh, that's fantastic. But they leave out a huge chunk that, hey, wait a second, the history of mankind started in Africa. There's a whole slew of different history and stories and empires and kings and queens and important historical figures that have contributed and and help shape the the fabric of, of mankind that are, are being left out and i think it's important not only as black people to embrace that and search and look for those um elements to understand and have a deeper appreciation for their own history but for people just in itself to look at at that historical context and i think that would go a long way in terms of uh bridging the gap because yeah. you know eventually what would, would would be ideal is that we wouldn't look at history in terms of being like, oh, look at the contributions of uh, Chinese people or of indigenous people or of Italian people or of black people. It'd just be like, look at the contributions that people have made to advance mankind. Because at the yeah. end of the day, the only differences between you and I really stem from the melanin in our skin. And, yeah. and, and that well, I, should never be. No, sorry, go ahead. Well, that's okay. No, but I, I wanted to take it from there because in the conversation, what I hear, especially about Cujo's Kid Zone, is when we're talking to kids, there are so many ways to tell. We, we tell stories of pharaohs and we tell stories of pyramids, right? They're, they're spectacular stories. There are so many story, more stories that can be told. And just because one story is a story doesn't diminish another story. And yet then you come to this place where you look at just the biology and the chemistry of these, you know, skin sacks of ours. And then you get to that. You just get to the point where fundamentally people have different skin colors to deal with the sunshine. And, and that's something that kids can understand. I think is that now we just only got about a minute here, uh, before we're done, Randy, but the, you know, is that how that you sort of take all of those things as adults that we need to learn and be aware of and we can bring it down into kids to a age appropriate story about how we're all really just the same from different families. Uh, absolutely. We're, we're all part of the same brother and sisterhood, which is, again, the human race, right? And, and nothing should ever supersede that. And through my storytelling, um, you know, that I've been helped with from the members of my team, we try to break it down for, for children to understand, hey, what is melanin? And then also to have a deeper appreciation of not only Black history, but history itself and just be enamored and want to 
go down that rabbit hole to discover more things and more contributions of just history in general. I love it. Uh, it's so good. Uh, Randy Kwanza with uh, Cujo's Kids Zone. It's available on YouTube. Uh, Cujo, uh, can you tell us in 10 seconds the, the story of Cujo? Because I love the Cujo part. It's <laughs> Okay, essentially, Cujo, uh, two years ago, hanging out with my brother, Edmonton, got this idea, lack of representation in terms of black males and just people of color in early childhood education. We came up with characters, Kwaku Ajwa, these puppets. We have a program advisory board. We came up with episodes focusing on science and social justice issues. Fast forward to 2021, Calgary's 20 top uh, compelling Calgarians, Black Achievement Award, raised over $10,000 in our Kickstarter, 35 episodes and counting, can be found on YouTube and also on Kadoodle TV. And we're really looking to shake and, and, and change the world you know, through these stories and and through the community support of really making education not only entertaining, but at the same time educational and, and breaking stigmas and barriers and challenging what children can learn and, and bridging the gap between children and their families. I love the passion, Randy. I love talking to your brother. It's always fun. I look forward to you. Uh, and keep make sure you keep us in the loop what's going on so we can share the good news, okay? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I know you stayed up late for us, too, so thank you. Randy Kwanza is Cujo, Cujo Kids Zone on YouTube. Uh, pass it on, man. Pass it on to share with all your nieces, your nephews, all of that stuff. It's good, wholesome learning from a really passionate, really nice guy, Randy Kwanza, on The Shift. It's The Shift Podcast. It is time to check in on Maddie's moon dial and see how it's doing if it's a moon dial-sicle. Uh, yeah, let me just uh, let's get a little thought out here. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, just tuning up the uh, machinery here. Oh, that's nice. I feel like I'm in a garden. It sounded like he was about to do the next episode by Snoop Dogg there. <laughs> nice. All set now? Yes. Are you okay? I'm sorry! Welcome! <laughs> I can't! Well done! <laughs> okay. Are <laughs> Are you okay? I don't know what just happened, but are you okay with the beach? <laughs> I'm generally okay with the beach unless uh, you know, something cataclysmic like that happens and you have to waste a lot of time on an island. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was okay with the beach when I was really young and I could like play, build sandcastles and do all that stuff. And now I just burn after 20 seconds because I'm white as paint and I, I just get uncomfortable in the sand. The water's nice, but the beach is like, meh, it's okay. It's all right, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I like to have a little music on a little radio with some solar panels so it plays quietly in your ear, lying in the sunshine, maybe in the shade too. And if you've ever watched the Spanish. Uh, it's all um, in subtitles, but Spanish show The Heist on Netflix. It's amazing. And there's a part where, don't want to be a spoiler, but uh, a couple of the people go to live on an island by themselves, and it looks just beautiful. So, I mean, it's not all bad when you're with uh, you know your favorite human and you're not talking to a volleyball. The U.S. Coast Guard rescued three people believed to have been stranded on an uninhabited island in the Bahamas. 
terrible place to be stranded, for 33 days. Now the Wilson makes sense. Here's a clip from NBC. The U.S. Coast Guard spotted two men and a woman waving flags during a routine air patrol Monday. So the crew dropped water, food, and the radio, but rescue efforts were delayed because of the weather. The Coast Guard returned on Tuesday. They hoisted that trio to safety. Turns out their boat had capsized almost five weeks ago. Five weeks. So Justin Doherty uh, said the group later told him that they were able to get nourishment from coconuts. At first glance, the island doesn't seem to have much, but there was some shrubbery there and some trees, so we were able to stay out of the elements somewhat, he said. U.S. media reports say they also survived on rats and conks. Good, because I got to say I'm not a fan of coconut, and if I was stranded what? on this island, I would have died a long time ago. Have you ever just eaten raw coconut out of a coconut? Yeah, it's good. It's it's yummy. I can't have it often. It's like a wafer. I yeah, like, uh, right. It's good and it's good on shavings. I like that. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I don't like the smell, the wow. taste, the really? texture, yeah. wow. the color, the oh. concept. Oh wow! Keep it going. <laughs> yeah. But here, let me let me ask you this: If you were stranded on an island, how long do you think you could last before you would need to make a Wilson? You know, before you just lost your mind and you had to make a beach volleyball friend. Oh, I'd say four or five days, probably. I mean, Tops. I've been in this studio for almost a year now, a few <laughs> years now, and I haven't made a beach ball yet, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, but I don't know, stranded. I would give it. I would give it three days. Yeah. You, you'd start talking to hours, something. Yep. Yeah, you'd start talking to something. For sure. I can't believe you don't like coconut. We need to reevaluate our relationship. Oh, totally. Okay. I like everything coconut that I can put in this house that smells like coconut. Love it. Not like the fake coconut smell. You know that pure perfumey fake coconut smell? Not that one. Like the real coconut smelling stuff. You know. Fake, real, um, hard pass. Hard pass. Wow. That's heartbreaking. All right. Are you okay? Are you okay with more Gorilla Glue? <laughs> oh, she's oh back, isn't she? She's, she's back. back. Okay, so there was a story about a woman and Gorilla Glue. We all agreed that Gorilla Glue is amazing. Industrial strength adhesive. We learned a few days ago that is no Gorilla Glue is no substitute for a can of hairspray. Tessa Brown learned that lesson the hard way. When she used a spray can of Gorilla Glue on her hair and found herself stuck quite literally with a single hairstyle. But hey, they held it in place. Brown's trip to her local doctor appeared not to solve the glue problem. She later chopped off her ponytail and announced on Instagram that she was catching a flight to Los Angeles to get help with her scalp. Uh, Dr. Michael Obing removed the glue during a four-hour surgery... In L.A. on Wednesday, TMZ reported this. The plastic surgeon reportedly did the surgery for free and used a combination of medical-grade adhesive remover, aloe vera, olive oil, and acetone to dissolve the glue. Yikes. Video captured by TMZ shows Brown uh, wake, walk, waking for her, oh boy, waking from her anesthesia, running a hand through her loose hair, and bursting into tears. 
Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> How's it feel to feel your hair like Jesus, that again? Crazy. I can scratch it. I could. It looks great. No, yeah, I really didn't think it was gonna end up good like that. It's incredible. Now I wish I'd have waited for my sister to cut my ponytail off. Right. You were in pain though. You had to. But I mean, yes, I said it now. Extensions but... are easy. Yeah, but not for six weeks. You didn't have to start from zero at least. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of surprised she's complaining of having lost some of her hair. She got, she still has some of it. Yeah, free surgery. She's the one who put the glue in her hair. Um, Brown will have to wait some time before putting her hair back into a ponytail or using a weave because she's got to grow it out again. But it doesn't look like she'll have to uh, get to keep her head of hair. Uh, looks like she will get to keep her head of hair and she'll be able to style it in many different ways in the future. I think the, if I understood the story properly, her original hairspray was called something glue. And that's yep. why she got, then she found the gorilla glue and she was like, Oh, look, this is amazing. It holds everything. Um, so I don't think that she should be mad at gorilla glue. I think she should be mad at her hairstyle company for calling it glue. But that's just me. Confusion. Yeah. Everyone's had gum in their hair and had to cut it out. Oh, yeah. Like a four-hour surgery is just the large-scale adult version of, like, getting the scissors and cutting gum out of your sister's or hair. Peanut butter, too, as well. Peanut butter scalp massage. Peanut butter, yeah. <laughs> Experts here, you guys. <laughs> That's the clip I should I should have grabbed the our, the office episode where they do that to Michael and they give him the head massage. That's what I should... Oh, next time. Are you Okay. Uh, are you okay with your technical producer's computer freezing and thinking about okay. it? Ryan's, you see Ryan's face right now? Ryan's frozen. There we go. There it is. Ryan was frozen for a second. I was oh. telling Ryan earlier today, I can't tell when he's frozen now because he smiles all the time. And so he's always smiling in some way. And so what happens is, is he'll freeze every now and then on the Zoom call. And um, I can't tell that he's frozen because he's just sitting there smiling. And I'm like, are you there? Hello? Oh, apparently you're gone. So, also a still sitter. Are you okay with football? Uh, I don't know. With football? Like, like, yeah. like that previous like big epic sporting event that just happened? Oh, the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. <laughs> Etc. Oh, that's how you really I feel. <laughs> It, yeah, I mean, I've never been a big fan of NFL football, uh, but I will say when the Grey Cup came to Calgary, uh, going to the Grey Cup parties at Stampede changed my perception of football, and I started to enjoy the sport more after seeing how much other people loved it. I went to an Atlantic-only party, and me and my friends uh, called it the Boomer Bonanza, and we got, got absolutely... Uh, out of our minds on Alexander Keith's and danced to like folk music with them. And from that point on, my opinion of football has greatly improved. I resemble that. I get uh, I get those text message memes from my kids. Okay, Boomer. Thanks for that. <laughs> oh, I like Boomers. I like it. I just, it was. Ooh. Ooh. A chance to use the super bowel sound effect. Thank you. Because um, the super bowel um, sound effect is. Um, it's not as friendly. I was told it was too wet last night. And loud. Okay, are you okay with football 
A Texas mother absolutely obliterated a man she suspected was trying to leer at her daughter through a window of her home. Channel 2 News. Channel 2 News in Texas has the story. I figured at least I could do if I got them down, tripped them up, whatever, then they, you know, have a chance to get caught up. First instinct was just to make sure he didn't go any further. Captured on police dash cam, taking down a man she says was trying to look into her 15-year-old daughter's bedroom window early on a Sunday morning. My kids are my life and, you know, just making sure I protect them pretty much. Lake Jackson Police Sergeant Rory Welch gave her some credit. It was a pretty good tackle. He told us the suspect is 19-year-old Zane Hawkins. Police found Hawkins nearby, but he tried to get away. They say he started running back towards mom, who moved in and made the tackle. Her daughter helped hold down the suspect until officers caught up. Not very often that we have somebody that actually steps in and puts themselves in harm way to, to assist in apprehending somebody. And the cop, you know, fist bumped me and he was like, hey, so I heard uh, Texans are looking for a new linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Way they could go, use Mom. the help. Uh, the perps bond has been set at about $15,000 for that. Tough mom, man. Don't mess with Mama Bird. Mama or Mama Bear, even. Uh, Mama Bear is one of those... Oof, don't mess with Mama Bear. Uh, wow, the topics of the text are... I'm so lost in the text pile right now. Um, so... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read some out of context. I think that's probably the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Wilson is my dog's name. Wilson. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Catherine says it's late. Ha ha! But man, that guy being so tiny but so powerful. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out too. <laughs> uh, Tavares says, "I almost puked when you said eating rats." Yuck. I would rather eat one than coconut. See, what is that all about? You don't like anything that grows on trees, though. Like, you don't eat any <laughs> vegetables or fruit or anything. Just, yeah, I guess, meat and candy and beer. Um, That's it. That's all you eat. I like spinach. Yeah. And I eat an app- I eat a Granny Smith apple every day. Yeah, well, it's better than me. Keep that doctor but away. I don't think that that's... Um, I don't think that that's the defense, though. That's all I got. All right. Lyle says coconut water has a bad effect on me. Does it make you hula? Because sometimes I'll hula after some coconut water. Yeah, because it's gross. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.